Welcome back to all my dear deluded dissidents and wayward western friends. You are listening to the foreign agent himself, Mike Jones, independent journalist and host of the Foreign Agent Podcast. Thank you all, first and foremost, for the breaking the 1,000 subscribers on a certain little YouTube channel that may or may not have been set up <laughs> after the deletion of I.L. Grey. So thank you all for your support. But let's get into some of the headlines that are coming out today. Uh, in Lenta.ru, Surovikin's daughter denied his detention. According to the Telegram channel Baza, the daughter of the commander-in-chief of the Russian Aerospace Forces, Surovikina Veronika, denied reports of his detention. According to the girl, no one arrested the general, and now everything is in order with him. Before that, information was spread in some Telegram channels that Surovikin was in a pre-trial detention center on suspicion of involvement involvement in the rebellion. Commenting on this, his daughter drew attention to the fact that the general, quote, never appeared in the media every day and did not make statements, end quote. Surovikin's wife refused to comment with uh, Bazaar on this subject. Prior to this, the British newspaper, Financial Times, citing three informed sources, wrote that Surovikin had been detained. According to Western media, this is due to the rebellion of the private military company Wagner. At the same time, the FT material did not specify whether the general was accused of conspiracy or detained for interrogation. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov forwarded questions related to Surovikin to the Russian Defense Ministry during a daily briefing with journalists. It's worth noting that Peskov fielded questions from the BBC and CNN, uh, albeit, as I reported yesterday, he claimed that uh, any such allegations were pure speculation. And according to Surovikin's daughter, Peskov may or may not have been telling the truth. But she claims that no such arrest, but she didn't comment on whether he did know in advance of Yevgeny Prigozhin's planned actions. Talking of planned actions, uh, this attack in Kramatorsk, I said there was a lot of confusion, and that still seems to be the case. And amusingly, these foreign mercenaries being dubbed by Ukraine as simply tourists. Well, the Russian armed forces destroyed two generals of the armed forces of Ukraine during that attack on Kramatorsk on June 27th, according to RIA Novosti. According to the MOD, during the strike on Kramatorsk, two generals, up to 50 officers of the armed forces of Ukraine and 20 mercenaries were eliminated Quote, according to updated information, as a result of a high-precision strike on June 27th this year in the city of Kramatorsk, Donetsk People's Republic, at the point of temporary deployment of the 56th Separate Motorized Infantry Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, two generals participating in the headquarters meeting, up to 50 officers of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, as well as up to, up to, it says, 20 foreign mercenaries and military advisors the ministry says. Aviation, missile troops and artillery hit 85 artillery units of the Armed Forces of Ukraine at firing positions, manpower and military equipment in 102 districts in a day, according to this article in Ria Novosti. Links in the description on Podbean. Uh, Kartapolov, uh, shortly before the rebellion attempt, Prigozhin was informed that funding had been cut off. The founder of the private military company Wagner, Yevgeny Prigozhin, did not agree to signing a contract with the RF Ministry of Defense, in connection with which he was informed of the termination of participation in the special military operation. Andrei Kartopolov, chairman of the State Duma Defense Committee, told reporters about this. According to him, 
the desire for money, exorbitant ambitions, and an inadequate emotional state led to the attempted rebellion. This is according to rg.ru. Quote, a few days before the rebellion attempt, the Ministry of Defense announced that all formations that perform combat missions must sign a contract with the Ministry of Defense, the politician said. And everyone began to implement this decision, an absolutely correct decision. Everyone except Mr. Prigozhin, end quote. According to Katabalov, it was brought to his attention that in this case, PMC Wagner would not take part in a special military operation. Quote, that is, no funding will be allocated, material resources for Mr. Prigozhin. This is the main, if not the main thing, end quote, the head of the committee noted. That is, the first prerequisite, according to him, was money. And second, quote, stupid and exorbitant ambitions, end quote. And the third factor was the state of effect. Quote, together all this resulted in an attempt at treason and deception of his comrades, end quote. The politician summed up. I recall that earlier President Vladimir Putin said that Wagner Group was financed from the state budget and from May 2022 to May 2023 alone, the state paid the company 86 billion 262 million rubles for maintenance and incentive payments. If we move over to Russia today, they are claiming that in the Financial Times, the EU allows military to be sent to Ukraine as part of future security guarantees. The member countries of the European Union within the framework of future security guarantees do not exclude the sending of military missions to Ukraine with the consent of the members and under suitable conditions. Quote, the leaders commit to continue funding arms shipments to Kiev through the European Peace Fund, a fund funded by EU countries. They also promise to expand the EU initiative to train Ukrainian troops and the possibility of an EU military mission in Ukraine. If the conditions for this are deemed appropriate, and such a move will be agreed upon by all members, end quote, the source says. Earlier, the head of the EU Foreign Service, Josep Borrell, said that the EU could turn the European Peace Fund into a defense fund for Ukraine. As we know, and has often been quipped, whenever they set up a fund, it's usually a money laundering, money laundering operation. And uh, perhaps it appears they need a new name for this initiative. Now, sticking with Borrell, you said that... Uh, this fund here, as I've just noted, can become the defense fund. But the quote here is, the European Peace Fund perhaps should become the defense fund of Ukraine. Ukraine must continue to fight, the European diplomats said. He also called for the continued modernization of the Ukrainian army. Earlier, White House spokesman John Kirby called the expected losses of Ukrainian forces in offensive operations. Uh, he went on to say, of course, casualties can be expected in these intensified battles, Kirby said. At the same time, he added that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky would receive all the necessary support, not only from Washington, but also from 50 of his partners. Um, this is obviously downplaying quite a lot of these catastrophic losses that Ukraine has stated. I do find that Kirby's comment, of course, casualties can be expected, is most certainly a downplaying of the situation. Uh, it became known about the pressure of NATO on Canada because of money for Ukraine. According to Lenta.ru, NATO, NATO is pressuring the Canadian government to increase defence budgets to a general target of 2% of GDP by 
of GDP due to the huge spending on aid to Ukraine and the military threat to Russia in Europe and the Arctic. And this has been reported by Reuters with reference to representatives of the Canadian Ministry of Defence. The Parliamentary Budget Office estimated last year that to meet NATO's budgetary targets, Canada would need to spend an additional 9.8 to $13.6 billion annually over five years. A senior diplomat from a NATO country, speaking on condition of anonymity, said that European countries are unhappy with Canada's inability to meet the spending plan. Quote, For Europeans, this is an existential question. Russia is nearby, but Canada is located across the Atlantic Ocean, and this is not essential. You will lose the election if you promise to increase defence spending, the diplomat explained Ottawa's position. At the same time, the Canadian government understands that non-fulfilment of obligations under the military budget greatly affects the country's international authority, so Ottawa plans to systematically increase defence spending within NATO. Doesn't sound very democratic to me. Uh, doesn't really sound like the Canadian people are being consulted on this. Sounds more like these bully boy tactics and being dictated to. Lastly, one story um, that's coming out of Moscow. A death of a 28-year-old vice president of Lokobank is being investigated in Moscow. And uh, I'm going to give you a little time just to guess how this person is alleged to have died. If you thought fell out of the window, you're absolutely correct. The vice president of the commercial bank Lokobank, 28-year-old Christina Baikova, fell out of the window of an apartment of the 11th floor on Kodinsky Boulevard in Moscow. It is known that the day before, the girl invited a friend to her place who witnessed the event. The case is being handled by the investigative committee. On the night of the 24th, police received a message that a young girl fell out of the window of one of the houses of Kodinsky Boulevard and died from her injuries on the spot. The operatives who arrived on the call found that the deceased was a 28-year-old Christina Baikova, vice president of CB Loco Bank. She oversaw work with corporate clients. On the fact of Baikova's death, they began to check and soon found out that Christina was not alone in the apartment. Quote, it was found that on the evening of June 23rd, the deceased called her 34-year-old friend and invited him to visit for the weekend. At about 3 a.m., she fell out of the window. Her body was found near one of the entrances of the house in which she lived, said the agency's interlocutor. I raise this because uh, I have reported on other deaths of certainly financial or energy companies or others. I just thought that particular story was uh, rather noteworthy. So I'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Again, thank you all for your incredible support. If you enjoyed this episode, do consider heading over to uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash IL Grey. Uh, where you can buy me a beer, in fact. Uh, but thank you all of you on Patreon, locals, and uh, for your donations via Stripe as well, directly to me. So thank you all again. And thank you also for your kind words and messages. I do appreciate them, and they do mean a lot. I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.